This is the View from the Bridge, official podcast of the Belfast Giants for KingdomoftheGiants.com. Today's Tuesday, the 15th of October, 2019. My name is Patrick Smith. A tough week for the Belfast Giants. Three games, three defeats, two and one in each of the different competitions. Challenge Cup, Elite League and Champions Hockey League. So we've got plenty to talk about regards to that. Um, coming up, we'll also hear from Adam Keith. Joel's been on the phone with him in uh, in Sweden. And earlier today, Davy had a chat with the Manchester Storm head coach, Ran Finnerty, and you'll hear that later on in the show. Uh, Mr. Simon Kitchen, I'll start with you. How are you? I'm dead on, Paddy. How is yourself? I'm not too bad, buddy. Not too bad. Just getting on with things as always. Mr. McJimsey, you? Not bad, mate. Nice to be uh, talking to you as always. We have a lot of games to. What we'll do is, before just a reminder, the Bleed Teal 100 people need to, if they're, if they're still uh, going down, getting blood taken, tweet that up to us. We'll remind you every week. The more people, the better. And a big thanks to, to Phonocab and, and all for the, uh, for the donations in regards to that. Um, but let's get straight into the hockey. The Belfast Giants, as I said, three games in the space of the last week. One game only finished a matter of hours ago. We'll get to that in a short while. But we'll start with the two games that took place in the shopping centre in Brayhead. Statistically, I'll give you them all straight away. And then we'll talk about the games as a whole. Um, two games against the Glasgow clan. First up, Challenge Cup. The Belfast Giants only needed a point, And a point is all they got. A shootout defeat 3-2. The goal's coming for the Giants from Long on the power play and Reddicks on the power play with 59-43 gone. Uh, for the clan, Lidhammer with a power play goal and Laporte scoring their second. Uh, regards to saves, well, Colleen faced 50 shots and Owen faced 23. The refs that night were Liam Sewell and Toby Craig. Patrick Mullen was the missing player. And on the second night in the on the uh, on the Sunday, the Belfast Giants faced the Glasgow clan once more. Uh, Elite League this time and a 3-1 defeat. The only Giants goal coming from Bobby Farnham. Regards to the clan, Laporte, Haywood and then Tansky with the empty net goal. In nets, Killeen faced 41 shots. That's 91 shots he faced from the Giants over the weekend. And Owen faced 13. You refs that night, Randy Dalton and Steve Brown. And the missing player for the Belfast Giants, the missing import was once again Patrick Mullen. Um, I'm going to start says with you on the Challenge Cup game that game had a lot of tension in it, nil-nil through two periods going into what was a final period Final period shout for the Giants to stay in the competition tense as it was is it job done or is there a tinge of disappointment with the loss? Uh, the, 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 the bottom line when we started out in the Challenge Cup was to get through the group um, You know, we had a conversation about it that you have to be really bad not to go through. Um, so with regards to getting through, whether you're top of the group or going through in third, absolutely doesn't matter. However, Adam won't be happy with the way the displays went. Um, you know, obviously, you know, Joel had a chat with him earlier on and, and, and you know, he's been blaming a lot of it on himself. I understand that, you know, trying to deflect the, the issues away from the players. But I think it's now time for the players to step up and that means every single one of them. I had a good conversation with David yesterday about this. You know, there's a lot of people picking holes in different players' um, appearances so far this season, uh, display so far this season. But nobody picks holes when we're winning. Like last season, this team's absolutely brilliant. This team's this, this team's that. 
it's all about the team. You win as a team, you lose as a team. Uh, and this season, every one of those guys in that dressing room don't need a me, a or you, or Davy, or Joel to tell them that they're not playing good enough. They know that displays haven't been good enough and results haven't been good enough. Like the way we played on Sunday, or Saturday, sorry, against uh, uh, Glasgow. I was going to say Brayhead again. Um, <laughs> against Glasgow, Paddy, we dominated. We yeah. absolutely dominated the game. We you dominated Sunday as well. I didn't get to watch all the game on Saturday or all the game on Sunday until late Sunday night and early. Um, or sorry, I watched on the other part of the rest of it last night as well. And we absolutely dominated them. Puck possession, we had, we doubled them with regards to the, the um, shots on goal. But the bottom line is we're not putting the puck in the net. We're making these goalies look like NHL goalies. We're, we're not making them move an awful lot. I mean, Patrick Killeen is a big, big unit. He must be, I think he's about 6'3 or 6'4. He covers an awful lot of that net. But we're making it easy for him. We're not moving him. We're, you know, Davey was saying that, you know, a lot of our goals, and I hope I'm not staying near Thunder, Davey, but Davey was saying the majority of our goals are scored low down in the, in the zone. We're not getting to the net. And for whatever that reason is, it, it, it's absolutely baffling sometimes. But we need to work harder. We need to get to that blue paint, and we will score goals. I've, it, it's disappointing the way that the Challenge Cup has started out. But I'll tell you, I, I still don't fancy everybody else's chances uh, with regards to stepping up to the plate if we finish eighth in the table to see who's going to pick us. They'll want to stay clear of the Belfast chance. It's a, it's a good, sorry, as you say, it's a good point. And, Davey, I'll move to you. It's the fact that, as his puts it, you know, getting through. We're through now. The, the group stage is gone. We've qualified for the uh, for the for the quarterfinal stage, and now we can regroup and and push our way through. But how do we look back? Do what lessons do we learn from the games that we saw the weekend? To get in there, to get into that, uh, you know, that dangerous low slot area. You've seen. Um, I don't know. We'll come on to it. Lalea scoring a couple of goals through there tonight. Getting in there. And, you know, come no surprise to get that equalising goal. We, we, we created that similar kind of chance twice in the game and scored twice. You know, that D2D pass, okay, it's small at, at, the, at the top of the point there for the blast, but it's when we'll have the extra man. So effectively a D man there for playing D. You know, we've played that D2D pass, the one-timer, the tip in front, and we've got the goals. We've got traffic in front of clean. You know, Longer scored his goal from inside the blue paint. The two goals on the night have came from from getting inside. I don't know, you, you gave the, the official shots on goal yes. tallies there, but like across the two nights, we had 166 attempts at goal, you know, shots on, shots off, and shots blocked. They blocked 47 shots. They paid the price. They got in the shooting lane. So, you know, I'd be more worried if we weren't creating. We're creative. We're fast transition. We're playing at a good tempo. But yes, ultimately, we're not scoring goals. Um so that's the conundrum, you know, Kiefer's been on and he, he's taken a lot of the blame, as Simon has said there, talking about it being snake-bitten. And, you know, the answer to that riddle is what? Because he's much, much more qualified than, than anyone, maybe aside from Sizz on this podcast, to, to talk about that. But, you know, it's the it's the basics that we can talk about, the, the stuff that we understand, stuff that I understand of where teams score their goals, where we have scored our goals from over the last you know, I can do this a little bit analytically because I've been looking at it for whatever it is, four or five years now. The majority of goals in hockey are scored from in there. You have to get in the house. You have to get in that blue paint, that area in front of the goalie, generally to score goals. And, you know, we it's 
it's hard to be too hard on the boys here because we actually didn't play badly. It wasn't like you could look back at these two games and say it was stunk to play a side. Shane Owen has kept it very, very tight at our end. Yet yeah, we've conceded okay, but we've gone on the road. We've conceded two on both occasions. Okay, empty netter on Sunday night never really counted. An empty netter as far as stats are concerned. But, you know, he's given us a, an opportunity to win both nights. And really, with the offence that we had, and the opportunities we created, it's a riddle as to just why we didn't win. And I'm not trying to make excuses or gloss over it or be a happy clapper or any of that. We should really have converted both those games into two wins. Says, are we missing a goal scorer, or is it just a case of luck? Everybody loves a goal scorer, Paddy. <laughs> um, you know, when you look at Darcy Murphy last year, um, you know he, he had a slow start. To the season, uh, look at Kyle Bond. You know Bonner was, uh, you know he scored in, in spurts as well. He, I think it was a fourteen-game uh, goalless streak as well during the season. So you know it's it's it's. I think it's a collective. As I say, it, it's it'd be great if you had a a um a guy that's getting you twelve goals by this point in the season. Um, I think our leading guy is, is Curtis Hamilton with seven. Yeah, maybe will have a better yeah. idea, but I think yeah. it's seven. Um, Hammers got so you know it, it's. I think it's collectively Paddy again. It's, it's I talked about it a few minutes ago. If I honestly think that you know as a team we should be uh, concentrating on the group. It's it's not about individuals. You know, Davy touched on uh, Shane Owen there and giving us a chance to win. That's all you're asking of your goaltender. To be honest, I think Shane will look back at that weekend and be disappointed. Um, I think he'll be uh, he'll maybe go one or two of those goals back. Um, but he, he did give us a chance to win. He, as Davy said, we had you know an excess of 160 shots uh, in total. You've got to give kudos here to, to Glasgow because you know they're on an eight-game win streak now. You know they they haven't lost uh, since they came into Belfast and then went to Cardiff the night after. You know they've they've won eight games in a the row. They've played. Um, they, they are all the arena teams on Cardiff. Um, you know, a couple of times. So it, they're they're playing very, very well. And and when you're on a, I talked about this last time I was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. When you're on a winning streak, it, it's about confidence. The confidence is hanging out of you. And every time you get the, a chance on goal, you know, you think you're going to put it in the back of the net. It, look at the guy, Chad Roy. You know, he had an absolute stinker against us yep. um, in Belfast at the start of September. Ultimately, he scored a hat-trick on Saturday. He got two goals, and then he got the shootout winner. So you know, it, it's hockey's a funny game. Uh, you know, when you're when you're playing well, you're playing well. When you're the, the one thing that's concerning me right now is we've lost five in a row in all competitions, and that's the bit that Steve and Adam and the players and everybody will be pissed off with. You know, it's about trying to get the next game, which is Saturday. Um, you know, I, I do think it's a good point with regards to the CHLs now out of the way, and we will talk about that. Um, but. You know, where we are right now at this point in the season, you know, the Challenge Cup has been a, a dogged part of the season so far. You know, we've done what we need to do and we're in the next stage. Uh, the next night, uh, which is leading into Sunday, and, you know, for the league positioning, we're still three points ahead at, after four games the last season and what we had then. So I'm not worried about the league form. I'm not worried about, uh, you know, moving forward. But... It's always nice to make sure the next game that comes along, we get that win. And Saturday night was just one of those games where we absolutely dominated them. I would say, from for argument's sake, 50 minutes, we were total domination. And I, th- I think 
I haven't heard uh, uh, Fitzy's interviews, but you know, I'm sure he would take a, a, a very wise man to disagree because we were we were very very good, but we're not putting the puck in the back of the net on a more consistent basis. Do you know what? I'm going to just because you've just said it there, and I've just double checked. Where on earth did I get those? Uh, Clan goal scorers from for the uh, for the Glasgow for the Challenge Cup game. It was Chad Rye with two goals to end the penalty shots win. I've read the actual game sheet wrong. So uh, mm-hmm. somebody's going to be listening saying, "What on earth are we talking about?" Said so Lidhammer and Laporte scored those goals. I'm having an absolute stinker myself tonight. Um, okay, we're we're at uh, it's all about us as a team. I keep on saying this. It's one all of about the team. Up, they all want corrections. <laughs> That's what it's all about. It's about the group. It's not about individuals. <laughs> Davey, that final play of the uh, of the of um, the Challenge Cup uh, game against the clan, the, the final play that put us or put us the two two and got us in the overtime. Tension was pretty high, and it was, uh, everybody's trying to keep track of it. But the Giants you know, threw the extra man on there in the power play and ultimately get it. What was it someone once called it? Panic tactics. Um, you know, it's it's that little, small, small percentage of an advantage. And on this occasion, it's came up trumps for us. We've controlled, because Simon, you know, alluded to there as well. We controlled, like the what you call the ozone. You know, the the offensive zone. We had great pressure. We had long, long shifts. We're getting changes changes on it, keeping them pinned in. You know, they were scrambling around it. We're very, very disciplined. You know, I know it's really lovely this season that the EIHL have, have brought in the stats and the analytics and stuff that you can see. And Brixie loads up the little heat maps and the shot charts and stuff after the game. But I have them period by period. And it's, you, you could draw a square and set it into the middle and see where our, our, our shots are all coming from outside that square. That's discipline. You have to, you know, sometimes, I think Simon said it earlier as well, you've got to give credit to the opposition for the for the game they played defensively as well. Now, we've pelted shots at them. You know, they've laid down in front of 50 shots over the course of the weekend. They've kept this perimeter, but we have to be forcing ourselves in there. And that's what we did for the two goals on, on the, in the Challenge Cup games. You know, the penalty was scored on the power play. Well, in fact, they didn't score both goals. We scored with the yeah. six on four. We scored the power play earlier. They think a power play is just exp- expiring when Kieran Long pops up with the goal. So, you know, so I, I talked about it earlier there, that, that pass across the Royal Road. I think we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. We did. Um, the, the pass across where the goalie has to move, then there's somebody in front of him, and there's a tip in front, and there's a bit of a scramble. You know, that's what we'll have to, we'll have to go back to those hockey 101s, if you like, where, you know, it's, you know, Neil Russell would be loving, you know, take the eyes and all that good stuff. But, you know, it's, it's kind of what we had to do. And we did it, and we did it twice in the game, and we came up with two goals, Whenever we were we were striving for that goal, the rest of the game, you know, we have had a lot of rubber in the direction of the Glasgow net, but a lot from the outside. And I think this is two or three webcasts in a row or podcasts in a row. And I don't want to be, you know, I haven't played the game, so I'm only analysing on what I see. So it's no, it's no criticism, but it's a critique more than a criticism. Remember Robert Fitzpatrick telling us that right back when we're sort of getting getting official. You know, there's a difference between criticising and critiquing, and I think that. You know, the stats and the, the charts and all that tell me that we're throwing too many shots in from outside with nothing inside. Got to be going in there. Got to get the greasy goals. And a bit like Simon said the other week, and I'm sure you'll have it somewhere, somebody, somebody, and hopefully this weekend it is, somebody's going to get a real bad beating because we are putting too many shots on that. And it's it's not about personnel. It's about maybe finding the personnel with the right personnel 
in in the lineup. You know, this team is still a very very good team um, individually. It's trying to gel them into that team. And look, it's it is mid October. Simon has said we've lost five in a row. Um, you know, our away form has been pretty wretched. Our home form hasn't been bad. Two home games here the weekend. So, you know, an opportunity to get right back on the horse. I think, says Davies, put sort of combined a couple of questions that I was going to throw your way. So I'll, I'll split one of them up. It's the fact that, you know, we do have, and we'll come to the Manchester games later in the show, as we always do. But to with having what is basically three home games in a row now before we go back to Manchester and try to avenge that defeat earlier in the season. But it's an opportunity for this team to try sort of get that confidence together because home you know, yes, it's mid October and we haven't won a game away from home. You mitigate that with the fact we've played three games in the in the uh in, in the Champions Hockey League, which are always going to be difficult. But it's still a matter of fact that on on the fifteenth of October we're still we haven't won away from home. We have an opportunity against the Storm and then the Dundee Stars before going into Manchester to ramp that confidence up. Yeah, absolutely. And again, it's, it's one game at a time. You know, it's uh, Manchester and isn't it Saturday, Sunday this week? Saturday, Sunday, yeah. yes. You know, so it, it, it's Manchester, Saturday, Sunday. Um, all Adam will be concentrating on right now is, is Saturday. You know, let's that, not forget, guys, It's it's been a difficult two weeks, you know, uh, travel, you know, away to Glasgow, and then the boys were a uh, long day on Monday, travel day, skated yesterday, or sorry, skated this morning, um, played the game tonight. I'm pretty sure their alarm's half three, four o'clock in the morning for a 7 a.m. flight uh, back to uh, Stockholm and then Dublin. So they're riding back to Belfast at two o'clock tomorrow um, on their technically on their day off. So, you know, back on the horse again, as Davey says, on, on Thursday uh, and Friday, and then play Saturday. So, you know, it's been a difficult couple of weeks, and but that, that's what you have to take when you're playing in the uh, the Champions Hockey League and uh, or the Continental Cup. You know, you, you get these opportunities to play away, and and all these games that you're playing, uh, you know, uh, three and threes last season. I think it was seven three and threes we played last year, and as it sits right now, we haven't got any three and threes. No. And some guys might be finding it difficult to adapt to two and twos. You know, playing two nights in a row, because that's not what they do in North America. Yeah. It's technically not what they do in, in Germany. Isn't it Friday and Sunday? Friday German and Sunday. Friday, you yeah. know, and it does take a bit of getting used to. And, you know, Jonathan Fernan said the same thing as the, uh, Dustin Jonner uh, the last year and the year before. So, look, as I said, it's not all doom and gloom. It's it's We're through the Challenge Cup. We're in the last eight. That that was the, the main part to get into the quarterfinals. That, that's done. The challenge, the CHL is now done. Um, we did put up some good performances, um, and you know tonight, which we're going to go on to talk about, uh, is uh, was another tough game. But like, where we're sitting right now, yes, I'd like to score more goals. Everybody likes it, um, but it's not all doom and gloom. On that, let, let's uh, let, let's move on from this. What I will say is the highlights from both games are available from uh, Clan TV. Also, on Saturday during the third period, the Clan match night announcer, uh, Kevin uh, Coskery, uh, he suffered a heart attack and was taken to Golden Jubilee Hospital in Clydebank, where he received treatment and is now recovering well. I just want to send him our best wishes. Uh, a frightening moment during the game, not just for himself, but obviously for the uh, everybody involved in the Clan organisation, a guy who's been been with that organization for many years and uh we, we wish him well um before i, I we... didn't know that i didn't I didn't say anything about that yeah absolutely yeah he's, his uh, family's a 
he's a lovely man, really, really nice man. And uh, yeah, I hope he's okay. And there's one other thing I just want to touch on, Paddy, for those two games at the weekend. Cool. And I'm pretty sure I haven't said this for a long, long time. The officials were half decent at the weekend. <laughs> jot it down, jot it down. <laughs> no, they, they genuinely were. You know, they're, all right, they're ever, we always say there's always calls missed. But I thought over the, the two games over the weekend, I thought they were they were okay. Okay, that's there we go. Well done, mate. <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna skip past the officials to and I'll, I'll believe Simon when he says they're okay. I think there was a couple of things, Simon. I think we talked about the pillage hit especially that uh, could have went a different way. Um, it's it was Mark Garside's 500th appearance for the Giants, and it seems to have just I don't know whether there was much on social media about it or whether it was just completely um, missed. Hopefully not by the club, but um, you know what an achievement. What, what, a, what, what an achievement! What a what a great player he's been for the club. He's won pretty much everything since he's been here, and you know he's been unfortunate at times with injuries, and he's done some stupid things like throwing the gloves down with David Ling. But <laughs> though that know, though that did produce one of the best pieces of uh, video that I think Neil White. I, I still used. think he, he, he I, I'm putting that down as a Mark Garside win. Um, all the punches were landed by the young Scott, so. You know, congratulations to Gary on his testimonial season coming up with his 500th game. I think yeah. I get a wee tweet out from the stats boys about that. That's uh, that's poor form if that's gone by. Tonight was game 501, Levi's. Yeah, I, um, I, didn't, I didn't see anything. But I, I'm pretty sure you mentioned it last week in the you podcast. Did. You did. Man, that's, you know, a bit of a fanboy with Gary. Um, but, um, <laughs> rightly so, uh, since yeah, rightly he's come so. in. Sorry, I digress. Since, since he came in from the Edinburgh Capitals and obviously came over to, brought over by Doug Christensen, he's been a a remarkable uh, servant of the club, one of the one of the best players we've had with regards to British players, you know, in in our history, both forward in that line with with Keith and Lloyd, and then was it Derek Walser switched him to D, yeah, and yeah. and, and uh, where he just picked up and became a, a Team GB in, in D as well. So yeah, congratulations to to Gary on the on his five hundredth game and five hundred one. Tonight, uh, no doubt, as the uh, as the time goes forward, because his testimonial has now been announced for the eleventh of February. Um, so, no doubt, as that approaches, we'll be talking a hell of a lot more. Uh, just to look at the final table of our Challenge Cup group, Dundee Stars top the group six games, ten points. Glasgow Clans six games, six points. Belfast Giants six games, five points. And it was a bad night for the Flyers with the Giants just squeaking that point at the end because they were getting humped at home by the Sheffield Steelers and then were eliminated from the Challenge Cup around the same time. They finished six games and four points. Right, let's talk about the game that ended just just over an hour and a half, two hours ago. Uh the Belfast Giants travelled to the northern reaches of Sweden to face Lulia for the second time in the space of a week. Um, the away game at the Coop Norbotten Arena, and it was a 4-0 shutout win for the hosts. You know, the goals coming from, two of them from Jack Connolly, one from Isaac Brandstrom and one from Noel Gunler. With regards to shots on goal, well, it was 36 shots by Lulia and 12 shots on goal from the Belfast Giants. Um, that ends the Belfast Giants. Well, we already knew they'd been eliminated, but that game now officially ends the Belfast Giants' adventure in this season's Champions Hockey League. Um, Davey, I'll start with you. Your thoughts on the game? Um, 
beaten by a pretty pretty decent hockey team. Let's be honest. Um, they were fast. Yep. They came through. They came through the neutral zone and, and got in behind our D. Um, I'm not going to say easy. I'm, I'm going to say with speed. Um, it's hard. Simon, as a D man, will tell you when you're you're trying to turn in somebody like those one that kid that scored the last goal. His knee, he's tipped to go in the in the top ten of the of the next draft. You know, so you're talking yeah. about real high high quality. You know, I'm getting to be an old man here now. When I see them. You know, after the score a goal and the camera zooms and it's like watching like, children, children play a man's game and they're they're just so talented. The way they move their feet, the way they move the puck, they're so patient on it as well before they'll pick a pass and they mugged us off a couple of times with that just just the lane, the lane, the lane and, and I think Paul Eddy described it as as outstretching us and getting pucks into that real dangerous area in front of Owen. Owen, by the way. Um, whoever that melter is on Twitter, <laughs> you're having a right was, battle was, with that woman. Was absolutely outstanding tonight. Um, you know, he'll, he'll as a, any goalie will, he'll analyze the, the the four goals and he he can decide whether he thinks he could have done better in any of them. But you know, aside from the goals, like he made a, a number of really, really good, really, really good saves. Or the the score would have been very very lopsided. We didn't create too much. I think um, Smo has one good chance, and Wardy maybe has the you know the pick of the chances for us. Again, you know we didn't get down low at all tonight. Um, all our shots are are perimeter from the tops of the circles and stuff. A lot down to the speed of the Lillea defense, and you know I think uh, it's one that you know I think Joel would call it a, a cap tip. You know to your opposition, especially tonight. You know you could see the. The, the difference, the golf, and and the and and not tonight. They were always going to be the most difficult team in in the group for us, and and so it's turned out. They were a very good team, Simon. <laughs> they were excellent tonight. Um, I think it's fair to say that we just couldn't keep pace with them. Um, yeah. You know, they were very very quick. Davies already touched on it. You've got a lot of young guys in this team who are looking to play, whether it's SHL or higher level. You know. And, you know, their Lundqvist, number 27, is uh, was in the first-round draft pick for the New York Rangers this year. There's a second-round draft pick in there. Davies already touched on Noel Gundler. Uh, you know, he's he's projected to go top 10 this year um, in the NHL draft, and that, that's what you're up against. you get guys who are playing for their careers. Um, you've got a couple of old guys sprinkled in there as well with, with experience, but that, that team in uh, Lulea are, are littered with, are with, you know, history and, um, and obviously they're, they're ex-winners of this but four years ago. So, you know, they, we knew it was going to be a tough, tough group to go into. You know, Liberets were the champions in Czech Republic uh, and uh, Augsburg did, you know, I can't remember where they finished last year. But, you know, we've we seen some really good games uh, this year in the, in the CHL, none more so than the first one against uh, Liberets at the SSA Arena. But tonight I just felt that we, we struggled at times with, just to keep pace with them. That, that those kids can really move their feet and, and uh, you know, when they when they get the chances to, to uh, score tonight, we just didn't take them. And, and that was, again, that's sort of been the story of our season so far. Bar the the, uh, the domination of the game against um, five a couple of weeks ago and the 6-1 win against the, uh, the Glasgow plan, you know, back in the first week of domestic season. Um, we, we haven't been prolific enough. And so it's... It's one of those things that you know. I know that the boys are working hard and training, and I, I see it every day when I'm up. Um, I know that uh, that you know Adam is putting his, his everything that he has into this, 
And as I've already said, you know, I I, I do think that he's he's blaming himself. I think he's being too tough on himself, to be honest. Um, you know, and you know, I understand why. I totally understand. I totally get why. You know, he's deflecting the the issues away from the players. I absolutely get any good coach does that. But I think it's time now time for for our experienced guys in our locker room to step up. Um, I think it's you know. When you talk about the group, you know, we, we've got some young players in there. Liam Morgan, who's 21 years of age, yep. has played beyond his years. We we talked about him, Paddy, in the first show of the year. as a real gamble for him. Yep. Do you know what I mean? And it's certainly not looking like a gamble. But as I say, it, it's, it's about talking about the group. It's about, you know, forgetting about the, the, the individual mistakes. Because that's if we concentrate on that, it, it's just it takes away from the whole thing. When we start to win... Everybody will forget about all the individual errors, and I've absolutely no doubt that that is going to happen. So I think it's up to the players in the room to to keep the players, the other guys' energy levels up, not let anybody get down themselves too much, um, and, and and you know thinking that the world's going to end. It's not. It's a game where a much better team than our results of late um, are uh, are on are on the wall, in my opinion. So I I do think that the lad, you know, they they schooled us tonight at times and. Um, and obviously, not getting the goal was was disappointing, but it, it was an experience. You know, unfortunately, I didn't get away to any of the way the boys did, and and uh, you know, it's always great to, to have an away trip under your belt. But um, it's it's been a it's been emotional. The mark of how good Lulia are is the fact that you know, despite losing the first game at home to Augsburg in overtime, they went on to, for, with three regulation wins and, and two overtime wins. They topped the group. Uh, on 14 points the six games played the, the the group isn't finished it finishes tomorrow uh, what is what is said is that the Lulia are top and the Belfast Giants unfortunately with uh, with one win and one overtime loss they are four points off six games at the bottom tomorrow Augsburg face Libretsch in a more or less a straight shootout to see who will go through uh, with Lulia to the next stage of the Champions Hockey League with that being completed, Davey, uh, when you look back at our experience within the Champions Hockey League, do you look at upon it fondly, or <clears> what <throat> lessons do you think we've learned from being part of that competition? We've learned that it's a very high standard of hockey. Um, first and foremost, I think that um, Liberates will learn from it that you underestimate nobody that any team can beat anybody on a given night if you don't give them the respect they deserve. And I think that through that first game, you know, uh, we, we talked about it back then at the end of August about it being possibly one of the best games that, you know, we've ever seen at the Odyssey. And, yeah. you know, I got a little bit high on that uh, experience and uh, I maybe said a few things that I, I would like to take back, like the CHL is brilliant. Um, you know, I, 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 I was, I was <laughs> always along... Back? I, I I was always along, and I, you'll, you'll stick up for me here, over the last number of years, however many years the, the CHL has been going on, that it's, you know, I, I've called it a glorified preseason and a distraction and all those kind of things. I get the players want to play at the very top level of the game. And, yeah, it's progression for the league and it's possibly progression and, a you know, a window opportunity for, um, for some Liam Morgan, you know, has, has finished as top scorer in the Champions Hockey League. You can't take that away from him now. It's on his CV forever. And uh, he's done very well. But, you know, for me, our bread and butter, we'll get back to that now. And I, I don't know 
where I stand on. Obviously, I want to win the league and, and get back into Champions Hockey League because that's you know that's the prize for winning the league, if you like. Um, I don't know. As an experience, it was great to get the you know the Czech Republic you know, on my my twenty four hour whistle stop tour of Europe and you know yourself. You you got over to Germany where you love love your hockey over there and. If it hadn't been so expensive, I think me and says might have been in in Sweden tonight. But um, you know, overall, there, there's there's positives, there was highs, there's massive lows, and and it's kind of out of the way now. So I'm not too disappointed that it's over. Um, I'm say I'm glad we took part, yeah, because there was there was those experiences that I don't think you would have got with the with the uh, Continental Cup, you know, but. Um, as I say, it's in the past now. Tonight in Lule, I have to give a bit of a shout out to the boys there. Um, I, I never really said whenever I was getting my, my talk on the game. We blocked 24 shots tonight and it was more than that because Lenny, Curtis Leonard's down is blocking those shots. And he was he like a, blocked a, a, a quite a few pinball machine for a couple of minutes there. He had to go and get himself, you know, treatment, but he, he he pulled his socks up and got back out there on the ice as quick as he could. You know, Jean Dupuy, six blocks, Brian Ward, six blocks. Ben Lake, four blocks. These guys are sacrificing themselves for their D partners, for their D men, for the goalie, for the team, for our city. And, you know, we got to appreciate that. And hopefully they can get a little bit of rest now before the weekend. We'll play the Saturday. Um, so, you know, they'll, they'll obviously tomorrow's a travel day. They'll probably be back on the ice Thursday, says no doubt, and um, on Friday and uh, and getting, getting ready for Saturday. But, look, overall, you know, Simon will get his say. You have your say. But... The CHL was a good experience, but it's one that I'm personally glad is behind us now. I think, I think as well, Simon. You know, had we let's not let's not be beat around the bush here. Had we qualified for the next round, we'd be crowing about it from the rooftops because that's what you do as a fan. You know, we, we'd be saying, "I oh, look at this. It's a, it's easy. This Champions Hockey League. We haven't. We're, we're bottom of the group. Um, it's there have been some entertaining parts. There have been some less than entertaining parts. Um." As Davey said, you know, I enjoyed my trip to Augsburg. But you know, regards to the last number of years and the European experiences the Belfast Giants have had, uh, where does the Champions Hockey League or this Champions Hockey League experience rank in it for you? I, I think Davey just nailed it in the head. You know, it, it's been uh, you want to, you want your team to to test themselves. Um, you want your team to go out there and do the best possible they can every single night, but. The teams we, we if you look at our group, you know, it was always going to be difficult. You know, you have teams there that, that have, have, have that play at a higher level than what we do, have a wage budget much, much more than what we have. Um and uh you know it's it's a it's I'm I'm glad we entered the tournament. I'm glad we went through, I'm glad we gave Cardiff the chance to play in it as well. Um, yeah. you know, we qualified twice for God's sake. I mean that's that's in one season. That's the first for any European team to do. So you know, we, we've done something uh, for the first team that's ever been from Belfast to be in a CHL. It's just disappointing that uh, we didn't go on. And, and, you know, it is what it is. You just have to get up and get on with it. So it's uh, it's been a it's been a, a first two months of the season are, are behind us. And I, I absolutely agree with Davey. Sort of glad it's over um, and we can concentrate now on our bread and butter because that's very vitally important when we if go I, on this weekend. If I can ask... Uh, Paddy, and I'll turn the mic on you. Your thoughts on obviously you got the away game, you, you got some of the home games and stuff. Your thoughts on the CHL, and, and then drop one back in the says. What was your highlight from the from the six games? Um, my thoughts on it were 
I, there were parts I enjoyed. There were parts, like I said, there were parts I enjoyed and parts maybe not so much. Um, I got to see two games in person with regards to uh, flying home for the game against the Augsburg and the, and then flying to Augsburg for the game there. Um, the the game against Liberec I thought was fantastic. One of the most exciting games I've seen. But, and I hold that right up there with the game earlier this year against uh, against Ireland. You know, two of the best games we've seen, two of the loudest noises we've seen at the SSE Arena in the twenty years existence of this organisation, and you know, one in the CHL, one in the Continental Cup. So, have I enjoyed the Belfast Giants being in the CHL? Yes. I have, but I, th- I put it on Twitter earlier. I, I'm I'm like you, David. I'm I'm glad it's done now, and we can focus on our domestic situation because maybe there you know, we've have we lost focus. Maybe I don't know. You know, the the trip to Sweden was upcoming and uh, and all that sort of stuff. But now that it's gone. It's in the background. Personally, with regards to the trip to Augsburg, it was great and all, but I think I enjoyed the trip to Landshut more because it was a three-day, six-game festival Bander. of hockey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, but it was it was uh, all the Giants fans, because I think more Giants fans would, would go for it because it was over three days. It is a, a more of a, a longer celebration and, 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 and more enjoyable. Um, as good as it was to be able to go to Augsburg and for you to go to, to Liberex and, and the guys, fair play to them, who went all the way up north to, to Lulia for the game today. They're, they're great experiences. Traveling and following your team, be it the Dundee or be it the Liberec or be it the... Bremerhaven or wherever, Angers to, to, to Lugano, going, going to these European places and, and following the Belfast Giants is is a treat. And it's one that I'm not going to turn my nose up, be it in the, in the, in the CHL or, or the Continental Cup. But uh, when it comes to assessing the enjoyment that I've had from the organisation as a, as a fan, sorry, from the competition as a fan, I would I would argue that I, I probably enjoyed the Continental Cup more. I think that's also because of the level of competition the Giants went in and that we were competitive and that we were able to to, to win games and, 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 and reach those final stages. I I think the CHL's been great. It has, but but uh, like you guys, I, I I'm, I'm I'm sort of glad it's done now, Simon. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. You know what? I, I, I think that we found our level last year in the Continental Cup. Uh, we give ourselves a hell of a chance to win it. Um, you know the, that game against Ardan, and I was lucky to call it with Davy. And, and you know it's it was unbelievable. It was just unreal. Uh, and to get that close and and obviously lose out, you know, with, with a, a devastating uh, the way it did end. And um, I mean, that's the first time and only time so far from being behind the mic that I just didn't know what to say. And I think Davy will back me up on that. He just. I was just lost for words because we put, you know, we get it back to two two, and and honestly thought we were going to go on and win it. But it's uh, as I say, CHL is a fantastic tournament. I think it's brilliant that the the IIHF have, have you know uh, got all their teams in Europe together that who've competed in it. But that that's not you know take anything away from from some other leagues. There's there's other top top leagues in this uh, in Europe that don't compete in this. Yeah. Um, but I, I just think that. We have a better chance of winning the Continental Cup than what we do in the CHL. We knew that before we stepped on the ice this year. Um, and if, I, if we get through next year, 
and we have the chance to either go into a Continental Cup or the CHL, I would genuinely rather go into the Continental Cup. I'd I'd have to agree with that, Davy. Your highlight. Um, you asked for, ask for the highlight. What's your highlight? Oh, my highlight. Um, I'm getting the Pano chocolate for for sixteen year old Nader in Prague. Unbelievable, this guy. No, I think the the first night. Um, the, the first night of um, the, uh, the 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 CHL at home and and winning, you know, I, I think we all thought getting that early goal from Bobby Farron was maybe the worst thing that happened to him and us this season. You know, um, it's uh, he thinks he's Messier, and we think we're you know we think we're the Detroit Red Wings of the mid nineties. But uh, unfortunately, you know, it, it, it went on went on well. I think uh, to, to cut a long story short, I think the first night for me was the highlight. I'd go back like so so fortunate to do that stuff with Simon last year in the Continental Cup, and you know. Dustin Johnner penalty shot, the Dustin Johnner goal, and then you know just the the deflation of defeat. That arena, you know, it was noisy that first night against Liberets. But let's be honest, it was noisier against Orlan. I have never heard the arena as loud as yeah. when we were it, the in between in between the actually when there was no there was no ice hockey, there was no hockey happening at the time between the end of the game. And the ice getting cut for the for the overtime, the noise was just unreal. It was it was spying thing on me and Simon didn't even really need to talk on commentary because it was so loud. It was just let the you know it just let the pictures do the talking for us here. And Simon still give it a good go, of course. But um, <laughs> it's it was it was so much fun. So Continental Cup, yes, I think I think the CHL has its place, and I think if you win the league, you're duty bound to go and represent the team, uh, represent the league. But for me, I just think the this, the the, um, the Continental Cup is a competition where you have more chance of winning. And I guess selfishly, with your your fans hat on, it's all about raising banners. It's not about progression and and getting players' jobs in Europe. That's not what our team's job is. It happens. You like get the likes of a, a Darcy Murphy comes over here, has a fifty goal season, goes and gets himself a job in Europe. Josh Roach, etc. You know, but our job is to hang banners and win competitions. And for me to be in a competition you can win is better than being in a competition you can't. Simon, your highlight? I think it is that uh, Liberets game. You know, I thought we, we did fantastically well that night. Um, you know, the, the arena was loud and, and, you know, you've got to give it to the fans. Your, your, your first CHL game, um, you know, the, the chance of ever competed in and to get the win was huge. And, you know, we'll probably uh, when the next night when we played, actually a Saturday night when we played Augsburg, you know, we gave it a good go. We got the overtime. Um, unfortunately, turned the puck over, you know, just in, the, uh, in their own zone for as such. I mean, again, that was only 20, it was a 28, 29 seconds on the clock in overtime. So, um, you know, it's, if, we'd a, if we'd have got the two wins at home, goodness knows where we'd ended up. But, uh, uh, well, we'd end up with five points. Um, but, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's disappointing the way it, as I say it's that we we just couldn't find a far par um, throughout the tournament and consistently but that's because you're playing against top 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 teams I mean these, these this team tonight Lulea, um, you know we've seen them last Tuesday 
in Belfast and and they're top top notch. You know the, the Devils are playing for London Eye and for London are, are you know they're giving them a pace in here at the minute. But that's nine, because nine they're a top top team. It's nine two with a couple of minutes to go and you know they, they've just they've handed it to Rex. There's one fifty left in the clock. I'm sitting watching here now, but you know that's because they're a top top team. They've won it the last three years in a row. So you know it's it's always going to be difficult for the EIHL teams to play in the CHL. Always, yes, you're going to get wins. Yes, you're going to you know give yourself maybe a chance. And the Devils did that, but you know for London, I've just seen this is the standard of hockey that you can play play up against in in Europe. And I mean this the way they're dancing through here at the minute it's unbelievable. So um, I'm, I'm glad it's over, yeah, Patty. I really am glad it's over because there's no more distractions. We we can get ready to go on Saturday uh, against the Manchester Storm. And I, I reckon the boys will be well up for that after, as I say, getting a, a couple of days rest. Uh, just briefly, the, my, my own highlight, I'll take, I'll take one off the ice. One that, uh, in Augsburg was the, uh, the Augsburg fans and the, the crack, the atmosphere that was in that rink. German hockey is, if you've ever got a chance to go over and watch DEL, I heartily recommend it. One of my favorite sporting experiences is going to DEL games because of the passion of those fans, but also their hospitality and none more so that in the period break in the game against Augsburg as Belfast Giants fans were walking to the bar they were being handed tokens for a free beer by the augsburg fans as a welcome and a thanks for their the hospitality they received hospitality they received in belfast a nice moment between fans that sort of highlights of what hockey was uh, a really enjoyable trip that was um there was one other thing it's just jumped to mind when you said about the augsburg fans Paddy. Um, the uh, parades commissioner put an investigation into their <laughs> through Belfast and the Saturday day came. Um, that was unbelievable. And I know you got the you were right at the front of it. You were taking the video coverage and you put it on AVFTB. But um, I mean right. that was just unbelievable. Like, yeah. You know, I know Belfast was buzzing that whole weekend. But uh, you know, to see that um, that uh, enthusiasm, to see to see the numbers that they travelled in as well to to come to Belfast, and they knew they were going to be well looked after when they're here anyway. So. Uh, yeah. That was definitely another highlight for sure. Dead came in, and a few of them came into the the AVFTB live we were doing, yep. and uh, they quaffed Janet Wilson's fifteens. I think they called That's them. That's right. Yep, fifteen. Think from, from fifteen. <laughs> and uh, I think there was a few pints sunk between us all, and uh, yeah, it was nice to experience. Uh, it was nice for them to come and see our great city. And uh, here's you back. I hope you uh, come back again sometime. Here, here. The highlights from tonight's game are available from the Champions Hockey League on YouTube. And uh, after that game, having got back to the hotel, uh, Mr. Adam Keefe, our head coach, spoke with Joel Neal. Joined now by the Belfast Giants head coach, Adam Keefe, live from Sweden. Uh, coach, first of all, uh, I know it's a busy night and you've got a quick turnaround to get to tomorrow, so thank you for joining us. Um, 4-0 defeat tonight out in Sweden to close off the, the Giants' CHL campaign for 2019. Uh, what are your thoughts, first of all, on, I guess, a difficult road game? And are you able to give us any kind of injury update? Is everybody out of there safely? Um, I think so. Uh, in terms of the injury front, I think we're... We're getting out of that game all right, uh, but obviously time will tell tomorrow and, and how guys wake up feeling. Um, but uh, in terms of the game, I thought we started well. Uh, we thought we were competing real hard with them, and then obviously give a team like Lulia and the Swedish Elite League basically four minutes straight of power play time. They're probably going to get one. Um, and then so that's how the first period ended. And um, in the second period, again, I thought we were competing hard and skating with them. Uh, we made 
made a mistake in our D zone. I kind of gave them a backdoor tap in, uh, and then they got another power play goal and, and three nil down. It's, it's a tough hill to climb back uh, against a team that skates like that and um, plays as fast as they do. So, um, but I was happy with the guys' effort for for the full sixty. You know, they stuck with it uh, right to the very end, and, and we're still blocking shots through that third period when the kind of the game had kind of escaped us a little bit. But guys were were playing for pride and. Uh, still trying to push forward and, and uh, you know, trying to take the pauses into next weekend. Yeah, and I think if I could back that up, I think the, the vibe back home is very much one of pride. You know, you could see that the Giants were playing for the jersey and for each other there. Um, if I could go back to something we briefly discussed last week after the home leg against Lulea, how did you address this game following the weekend in Glasgow, you know, knowing that progression from the group wasn't possible? What was your message to the boys going into tonight? Well, it was... It was pretty simple following the weekend. Obviously, we're a very frustrated group right now. Um, you know, having thought we, we played pretty well, uh, on the weekend, we just didn't, you know, uh, finish, I guess. And, uh, it's tough to win games. You know, you, you're literally trying to play mistake free and, and that's tough in a game full of mistakes. So, um, you know, we, we addressed that and, Talked about uh, just competing for a full sixty and, and trying to, uh, you know, I guess, skate with these guys and, and making sure that uh, we limit their chances as much as possible. Um, you know, and I thought we took a step in the right direction today in, in that sense. Um, and now we need some rest. Uh, it's six games yeah. in twelve days, and uh, now we need some rest to recoup, recover, and get ready to go for the elite league. I think all that. The distractions um, are kind of out of the way now in terms of the Champions League and the Challenge Cup uh, group stage. Mm-hmm. So now we need to turn our full focus to the Elite League and uh, making sure that uh, you know we pick up the maximum amount of points this weekend. Looking at the CHL uh, experience as a whole now that, that it's over for the year, do you think uh, competing among some of Europe's elite has been a beneficial experience for the Giants this year? Would you say that there have been lessons learned and things you can take forward into the domestic campaign? Uh, certainly, yeah. I mean, uh, like I said, anytime you add games uh, to your league, it's not. Uh, it's not. I mean, it's not certainly a risk, um, but I think that uh, you know it's one that we earned, and uh, as an organization, to to take that leap into Champions League and the next step and uh, compete against teams that are, uh, I guess, considered of, of higher quality and. and potentially skate faster than us so um, you know it's a great experience for players to have to play against that type of competition uh, it's exciting it's it's well run it's, it's very professional um, I think that uh, we can learn a lot from from them on the ice and off the ice uh, from all these different uh, clubs that we face and, and visited um, as well as just the entire experience of the Champions League it's kind of it certainly piqued my interest um you know, but that being said, it, it's over now for us, and um, we got to turn our full focus to Elite And obviously, as you say, focus now shifts to a huge doubleheader weekend against the Manchester Storm, uh, who currently sit at the bottom of the EHL standings with two wins from seven games. What are you expecting from the team this weekend from, from the Giants? I'm expecting a team to come out and, and compete uh, as hard as possible and compete with an edge. Um, you know, a bit uh, ticked off at uh, the fall or the, the past weekend's results, and um, 
you know, I thought we deserved more from last weekend. Uh, we didn't get it, and you know, I think the guys showed that tonight that they're a bit ticked off. Uh, so we need to uh, we need to go even harder in the following weekend and make sure that we come out and um, I guess you know put our foot down. That this is uh, a team that's going to compete within the elite league, and uh, you know that has to has to come from within the dressing room and, and coaching staff. And we need to everybody needs to be better. We need to work our way out of this little rut. Thanks to Kiefer. Right, around the league, and we'll start with this. Docs. 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 The Department of Player Safety have been at work for the first time in a while, I think, and... Um, it's a, ge- a determination that sort of involves the Belfast Giants in a roundabout way, but that is for the Manchester Storms' Dallas Earhart, who receives a two-game suspension for its abusive official, or deemed to be abusive official. Um, it's a game against the Coventry Blaze at the weekend. The play is proceeding towards the D zone of the Manchester Storm. Uh, with the opposing team in possession of the puck, Dallas Earhart hooked a player for which the referee immediately signaled a delayed penalty. Considering the hooking call is conclusive, that penalty is and that a penalty is required. Uh, play should have been stopped with the Storm player simply touching the puck, but instead, Dallas Earhart, knowing he had received a penalty, winds up and takes a fairly forceful shot. These are the words of Dobbs, by the way, a fairly forceful shot. shot in the direction of the referee. The area and direction in which Erhard shot the puck is not considered normal. It's considered a gesture of displeasure with a hooking penalty call that was obvious or frustration at himself for allowing an attacking player ahead of him and needing to use an illegal means to attempt to stop him. Either way, it's not the fault of the official or permissible to assume the official was at fault. At no time is the player permitted to use or show physicality towards the game official or in this case, shoot the puck at or in the near vicinity of a gear game official. Uh, effective immediately, Manchester Storm number 10, Dallas Earhart, is suspended for two games. That first game will be Friday night against the Sheffield Steelers. The second game will be against us uh, on in uh, Elite League competition at the SSE Arena. Um, David, I'll start with you. Have you seen this? Yes. Um, um, open and shut case? Open and shut case, and as far as Yes, he needed a misconduct call. Was it game penalty? It was towards the end of the game. Was it? A, was it a? Was it a game misconduct under the rules that they've set out? Now they're they're sort of saying yes. Was it a two game suspension? Harsh. Um, I think that you know in situations. Let's try and put a few Belfast Giants situations that we've had where suspensions. The only ones I can think of over the last number of years, Craig Peacock, and that's how many years ago that is. Going off the ice at Cardiff, does he does he slam a stick against the plexiglass or something, mm-hmm. or maybe does he bump an official? I can't really remember what that was. It was a hook he, of an official or something, wasn't it? It was. I, it was on the. It was on accident, the, the side of the bench. Definitely accidental. He was. He was. Yeah. Um, and it lost Aaron, his. It lost his cool, and he got a got a few games for because I remember him doing a little interview with AVFTB, um, Giants TV to just put his side of the story across. Um, we got a suspension. Or certainly got a game misconduct for I think it was um, maybe Jonathan Ferdinand doing something similar, smashing his, his 
stick against the ice going off on a, on what was a bad penalty call. But who was, the, who, was, who was the player in Sheffield for us uh, against Andy Carson? Aaron. Oh, there was uh, Clark as well. Aaron Clark, yeah. Um, got a got a, he got he got a big band didn't he? he got he six, six, or, six or seven games didn't he? Um, he for smashing a stick against the plexi beside he, uh, now, like Dallas Earhart has shot the puck not in the not even in the general direction of the official. He shot it twenty feet up the half wall. The official's right down in the corner. I think it's a message sent that this isn't going to be tolerated. Um, I, I, I personally think the 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 rest of the game, the game suspend, the, the the game penalty could be enough. But if it's look, I haven't had time to look up the actual casebook ruling on what how this is going to be dealt with. Players know now if that's the tariff. Players know, and what we have to have is complete consistency. If there's a Sheffield Steelers player does it, if there's a Belfast Giant, if there's a Nottingham Panther does it. It has to be the same tariff, so players know that it's not going to be accepted by Dobbs. And you know, maybe Dallas Earhart might find himself a feel a wee bit unfortunate, but you know, that's the tariff, and you just got to live with it and move on. Mister Kitchen, yeah, absolutely agree with David. Um, I think it's mm-hmm. uh, that all the coaches want, all the players want the consistency. So if that's going to be the penalty that they're going to have to shout, I thought it was harsh. I thought the two games was harsh, to be honest. Um, and a lot of these incidents for um, for players stem from a bad call from the official. Do you know what I mean? It's sometimes they give difficult to, to take it. They just don't agree with the penalty, and and then you know you're 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 smacking the stick off the the ice, or you know, and in his case, he you know he shot the puck against the glass. So it's if it, I can understand if it hit an official or if it's within like you know. Inches of hitting the official, I could understand that. You know, you can't do that. But you know, I I I didn't think it was a two game suspension. But as Davies just you know touched on, if it if it is going to be a two game penalty, then the next time they uh, something like that happens, they need to make sure that it's consistent. It does come at the end of a game where the frustration is high. Garcia had as well, being shut out at home by the Coventry Blaze 2-zip. Um, but yes, he will miss uh, Friday's game against the Sheffield Steelers in the Challenge Cup. And then when the storm travel to Belfast on Saturday, he'll miss the first game on Saturday. Um, the Nottingham Panthers are having a bad time of it. God help them. Uh, lost to the Guildford Flames 6-2 on Saturday and then went up to 5 to face the Flyers and we're beating 4-1 there they're not winning games at all never mind on the road um, they're having a real tough time but the Steelers hammered 5 Flyers 10-3 in Kirkcaldy while on uh, was it Thursday night the Dundee Stars gave the Cardiff Devils a run for their money says yeah the Devils you know they they were I think they were 3 goals up three at one point yep. um, and then the you know the Devils come back you know how good they play on their own so uh, they're going to be a good team again this year. There's no doubt about that. Um, but, you know, the, uh, the Dundee Stars have started well in the Challenge Cup, um, not so well uh, in the league. And that's maybe one thing that, that they, they've targeted. They know, they know they're not going to win the league and maybe they've targeted an opportunity to go further in the Cup. So you just never know. But 
It's uh, again the, the you know the, the scores this year in the league league uh, league so far. You've already touched on Nottingham. Um, you know they get beat again twice at the weekend as well, and Sheffield seem to be going scoring goals for fun at the minute, which you know um, hopefully that stops uh, very very soon. But uh, yeah, that it's, it's a decent um, decent start to the season for a couple of teams and and a shocking start for others. David, 10-3 for the Steelers in five. Is that them sending a message early in the season? Um, not sure. It's just a good night for them. You know, they've they've, um, they've, they've been involved in a lot of high-scoring games um, this season, both conceding a lot and scoring a lot. So it's no surprise that, you know, Fife have got that ability to, to, to turn the likes of ourselves over. But they've also the ability, I think, we knock seven past them ourselves and, and, and a fairly comfortable display as well. So, you know, they're... I think they've got their own issues. Fife, they'll not like getting beat ten in their own rink. Um, but no, I'm not. I don't think it's a it's a message as such from Sheffield. It'll be interested when we get lined up against them ourselves just to see where they're at. But uh, I think with the way they're set up at the front and the back, there it's going to be that kind of season for them. Uh, arguably, however, when it comes to the wider UK sporting world and ice hockey in this country, uh, the biggest story has been the fact that the, the press are enamored by the fact that Petr Cech is playing for, as we spoke about, playing for the Guildford Phoenix, and he had a shootout victory in IHL 2, uh, the third tier against Swindon Wildcats 2. Um, I don't know if you, Guy, or uh, you, David, have you seen the coverage of this, but some of it seems to be covered as if he's playing Elite League. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's a good, it's a good news story as far it as is, um, yeah. it's a great, it's actually a great story for Petter Cech that you know that he's he's finished up with his football days and he's he's actually going back to a game that he played as a kid and he's he's loved hockey you know his, his whole life and he's he's kept himself obviously good on the skates and stuff and he's made a couple of big saves from what I've seen uh, he was pretty stoked whenever. When he made that final penalty shot save, so um, that's a really nice story. Yeah, he's not playing at the highest level again, but then he's not a he's not a high level goaltender yet. So th- let's see where uh, Peter Cech, uh you know, career takes him to now. It'll be uh, it'll be an interesting follow, yes. But uh, some of the coverage has been has been great. Well, as a former Arsenal goalkeeper, Simon, I'm sure you wish him all the best. Arsenal. Simon Simon was a former Arsenal goalkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> Goalkeeper, <laughs> the uh, do you know what? I think it's brilliant. I absolutely think it's brilliant. Um, and I watched a wee bit of the highlights that they were they were put out by the Guildford Phoenix. I tell you what, if Guildford Flames were stuck for a, a backup goalie, they could do worse. Like they genuinely could do worse. Um, and I, they might even fill the arena if they get a month for a backup. But uh, you know, it, it's great to see. And, and I was speaking to Aaron Murphy this morning. And he was saying that he was told it was on TSN in, uh, in Canada uh, as well. So it's, it's obviously getting a lot of exposure. Um, you know, it's, it's, you know it, it, that standard of hockey in the UK, it's, it's obviously not the top level. But it's, it's a decent level, some good players in that league. But, uh, yeah, it's great to see and, and uh, best luck to him. Yeah. Neil, Neil Colors the mass says, will he ever ice in an elite league game? I mean, you'd have to ask him, David. <laughs> but you need to ask try? his coach. Why don't we, well, why don't we speak to Paul Dixon and see if we can get a, get him on the AVF? Like, you're the number one podcast in the elite league. There isn't all these other pretenders are a little out of cake. So <laughs> I'll make a call and get him on. 
we'll, we'll maybe we'll, maybe we'll try for that. Um, I yeah, I agree with you boys. Like the the uh, did you see his did you see his goalie helmet? One side the Arsenal logo, one side the Chelsea, and on the front Dominic Hasek. There's a, oh, I didn't see that. Didn't yeah, see that on the just on the front lower front the, the chin guard. The uh, it's a picture of of Hasek. There's also some very dodgy pictures of him and Dominic Hasek sitting having a picnic. Maybe I've seen them. I've seen them. I <laughs> they they'd be best buried. <laughs> they're they're right up there. I think they're right up there with the uh, Todd Kelman, Mike Bales yeah, cowboy. That's what they reminded me of. Me <laughs> Uh, absolutely, I know. But good luck to him. Um, right, let's move on. No guests on the TFA. Regards to the, obviously the boys are in Sweden. So the fan agenda. We're going to do a couple of questions ourselves. Brought to you by our friends at Belfast Giants TV. Let's have a quick look through Twitter. Uh, Stevie, uh, Belfast Steve, um, is the smaller rink? Sorry. Is a smaller rink a bigger problem than we first thought for the new guys? If so, how do other teams score and win on the road? And uh, with the new faces, so obviously a question there, Davy. Are we struggling with smaller rink? Yeah, I'm sort of. Is the oh, I've lost it now. You is the, for you. Put a bit of bass in your voice. Blah, blah. He's basically he's basically asking: Is yes. it a bigger problem that the smaller rinks uh, that are the taking a bit long to get used to? Um, smaller rinks. That's we'll it. Thank you, Sam. Ma- Manchester is a smaller rink. Is um, Brayhead not Olympic size? It is. It is Olympic size. Yep. So the only small rink we've played on is Manchester so far. I think. I think. I don't think Dundee is Olympic size. I think it it's is. slightly Dundee. smaller. No, Dundee is. Is it okay? All right. Yeah. So the only small rink we've played on is Manchester, and we lost in overtime. So, so no. basically, you're saying this, Davy, it's a crap question. Not saying it's a crap question. It's, saying <laughs> it's not a not a well-researched question. But no, the answer is no. <laughs> we haven't struggled on the small ice because we've only played on it once, and we got beaten overtime on our first weekend when we were missing some players. Fair enough. Um, Ryan Donaldson's been spurred on by Keelan Deeney to ask, uh, Simon, I'll put this to you because I think this is a good one for you. So the four-man system's been in for a couple of seasons now. Have we seen any improvement in officiating or have we just diluted the quality of refereeing? Uh, Hang on one second. (laughs) (laughs) Pour myself a can here while it says goes. I'm trying to be positive here today um, for the officials, but... uh, um, right, that that's look at it from a point of view. How many seasons is it now? Is it five, six seasons? I don't even think it's that many. No, we didn't see that, would it? No, but three or four. Oh, well, is it? Okay, right. Whatever length of time it is, yes, it's improved. There's your answer. Okay. Uh, How much is it improved? <laughs> <laughs> another yeah. point. You know, it's uh, it, there's. I think that the officials themselves. Um, I mean, we always have a go at least one official every year, at least. I mean, Hoagie got it, I think it was not last year, year before. Um, Dean Smith got it last year after a couple of stupid decisions. I think Dean Smith won't seen him twice this year so far. I think uh, Smitty's been the best referee in the league this year. Um, you know, Andy Dalton's have had a bit of abuse off me this year already. Has, um, he has not, know, has he? Oh, but he's, he's well worth it. Um, you know, he, he gets it. You know, when when I walked, I see him stretching out down in the in the uh, tunnel, um, getting ready for games. Now, so I think he comes out and when he sees me coming, he sort of goes back in again now. Um, so he doesn't get any abuse before the game. I just sort of give him it after the game. But no, overall, I do think they've improved. Um, it, it, it's disappointing, at, uh, you know, at certain times that um, that you know bad calls are made or, or, or 
very bad calls are missed. But as I said over the weekend, uh, I thought that the both uh, um, sets of officials from Friday, sorry, Saturday and Sunday, um, I thought they were good. Um, and I, t- tonight and uh, the uh, the lay game, I thought they were excellent. So that's the standard we we need to get our referees to. Um, and did I did I not see that there was an official over from Denmark last week? There was. There were a couple, and they were sent up to Scotland to officiate. Well, that's, I mean, that's just usually where the worst referees hang out. Toby Craig uh, would be <laughs> loving, loving to hear me saying that. But, uh, look, again, I'm trying to stay off their back. You know, we need the officials. It's, it's part of the game. They're part of the fabric. Without them, there isn't any game. So, um, hopefully, uh, they have improved. Hopefully, they continue to improve. But uh, we all know they're going. To, somebody's going to have a stinker some night. One more, uh, Abby McKenna. From what you've been able to see so far, who has the potential to really lead the way in terms of goal scoring for the Belfast Giants, Davey? Um, He's looking at his stats. I'm not. I'm rubbing my eyes. <laughs> I've got my head in my hands. <laughs> oh, who has got the ability to lead the way for the Belfast Giants and goals? Goals or points? It says goal, the goal scoring is the question from Abby. Well, That's I mean, a pretty difficult question. Go ahead, says if you've got an answer. I mean, the, the, Curtis Hamlin's got seven goals. and That's the first it, name came to my mind, actually. You know, isn't it 12 games we've played now? Mm. 12 or 13 games. Um, you know, I think, I think Hammer's got a chance. Uh, Bram Ward's, I think he's got six. Um, and there's somebody else who's got six, Davey, isn't it? Yeah, there probably is. Liam Morgan? No, he hasn't got six goals. He's only got, I think he's got four. Um, but, you know, again, I, I think Curtis Hamilton's got a chance. Um, again, we're, we're, we're not firing all cylinders at the minute. And that, that's the way you look at that. You take that as a positive, you know, or I, I would take it as a positive because I know we're not playing uh, the way we can play. I've seen us playing very well. Um, have we played a 60-minute game this year? Well, Liberettes probably. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And, and that look at the opposition we're up against there, and yeah, and a lot of people say, well, why can't we play at that every night? It's impossible. It's absolutely impossible. We absolutely drained ourselves that night. Um, it's the first game of the season. Everybody wants to impress anyway, uh, but you're never going to be able to put that standard up um, with three lines in this league playing against uh, teams like Liberettes or Oxford, where we've got four lines and rolling them repeatedly. I mean, Lulea tonight they run four lines the whole way through the night. And that, that's what the, that's the quality they have, and they're still missing a couple of top players. So you know, it's it's it was always going to be tough, but yeah. For the answer to Abby's question, uh, I'd say Curtis Hamill. David, did you come up with one? Or are you just going to agree um, with says? I'll just agree with Simon. Yes. Okay, fair enough. Thanks to everybody for uh, thanks everybody for their uh, their TFA questions that they sent through. Bobby Bell asked an interesting one. I'll have a look at that. But uh, I've got a long journey up to Cumbria tomorrow, so I'll answer some of your. The ones what that was Bobby Bell's question? Would you rather have hands for feet or feet for hands? I'd rather have four four feet to hit him a kick in the hole. <laughs> four times? You bit him four times? <laughs> you couldn't kick him you, hard enough? You get four feet, you can bit him four times and I'd slap him four times. There we go. Of course, hearing a view from the there bridge, we, we do not condone violence in any way. But, except 
against Bobby. The Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to everybody for their TFA questions. Right, let's look ahead to uh, this weekend, the Belfast Giants. Now the Champions Hockey League is complete. Oh. They return to face the Manchester Storm in the Elite League on Saturday and Sunday. Saturday at 7pm and Sunday at 4pm at the SSE Arena. Before we ask the lads their opinions and Davey on his favourite part of the show, he had the opportunity earlier today to chat with Ran Finnerty and started off by highlighting the fact that the games on Saturday and Sunday are games two and three all of a tough three-game weekend. Yeah, yeah, three and three here, the dreaded three and three. But um, but yeah, I think I think for us, it might be coming at a good time. I think trying to play ourselves out of this, uh, this slump is... Uh, is good and getting you know a chance to go back to back to back. Um, you know, for for our group, I think it's uh, is a good thing. Is that something too? I know we we'll, we'll talk in a minute about the actual logistics of, of playing physically three and three, but just playing games rather than training. No time to think about it. You're just actually in game mode, and you just have to get on with it. Yeah, I think players might might like that. I think coaches would prefer to have a bit more a bit more preparation and a bit more practice time, but. Um, you know, and then you got to mix, and obviously you got to give your guys rest, and so you got to you got to structure your week a, a little different ahead of a, a stretch like we're about to go. And I, I, I kind of I think we're back Wednesday. We play the following two Wednesdays, so we got we got a lot of hockey in a short amount of time coming up here. But um, but yeah, you know, with our current situation, I think um, you know Friday at home in the Challenge Cup to Sheffield and uh, a competition where we, we we feel like we can we can climb the table and. And kind of get out of that that third and kind of playoff spot, um, and then into into Belfast, which will be exciting for for our guys. I know we're, we had a lot of young guys and guys that have not been to Belfast, and I think the first time you go over to Ireland um, is uh, is unique and special for for a lot of Canadians. And you know, I think um, you know our guys are, are excited to get there, and they know how great the city and the and the facility is. So it'll be um, it'll be a good bonding experience, and obviously. Uh, it's going to be a tough, uh, tough two games against Belfast, but uh, we're we're looking forward to it. Let's take that coach's hat off a wee, a wee second and put the sort of back to remember your playing days and, and the three and three we were just talking about a minute ago. Give us a give us an idea of just the the sort of logistics of playing three and three as a player and, and where the work comes unstuck. Yeah, I mean it's 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 obviously a difficult task uh, at this level. Uh, I think especially now that the league is is so good. Um, but you know, if I remember being a player, I remember always the second game, uh, was always the toughest, uh, for whatever reason. And then by the time you get to that third, the Sunday, your, your body's kind of in, in auto drive and you can see the end of the line and you can kind of empty and leave, leave it all out there. But, uh, I always remember the second game, you know, you kind of get to that. It's kind of like the Wednesday hump day, you know, you're, you're just trying to get through it and, and maybe not, uh, not as focused as, uh, as you might have been the night before, or as you will be the the last night. So yeah, I always I always didn't play a ton of them, but I always remember that the second game seemed to be the the difficult one for for the group to get up for, or or, or to to have a real good performance. So definitely conscious of of that now as as a coach. But um, you know, like I said, for for us, you know, we're we're playing well, we're playing good hockey, we're just not scoring goals, and you know, and, and potentially having three games in a row, we can work ourselves out of that. Uh, you know, in in, in, a, in a short time. Let's talk about teams that um, are playing really well and struggling to score goals. You've obviously seen our our away record lately. You'll be tuned in exactly what we're doing, and you're coming against that sort of thing yourself. You know, Adam keeps being the press saying about you know Jan's guys are a wee bit snake bitten. You look at our shot count. You look at your own shot count over the last sort of weekend. 
Two teams that are creating a lot of chances, defensively pretty sound, but just can't get the puck away the line at the moment. Yeah, it's uh, it's a difficult one. I mean, I got we got such a young group here, so we're 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 keeping things positive. I mean, analytically, uh, which has become a, a huge part of every sport now, and as you know all too well, and you know we're we're hitting all our targets, uh, bar one, we're we're not we're not scoring, and you know so we're trying to recreate that and, and put a lot more emphasis on that, and without. Um, without making it too big a factor where it goes upstairs and, and, and it's purely confidence, you know, we want to, I want to try to keep it in my hands and I don't want players overthinking it because we've, we've all scored goals and there's a reason they're at this level and, you know, and we just need to, um, we need to look at uh, changing up a few things to, to create, you know, some better opportunities for guys and maybe put pucks in different areas for us to, to retrieve them. And, you know, and, and I think, um, I think it's a difficult one because as a coach, you feel a little paralyzed because you, you want to, you want success for your players and you want success for your team. And, you know, but you can't physically go out and and put that puck in the net when you get a chance. And, you know, I could tell their guys, I don't want this to be a thing, you know, in practice, I I don't want it to be a thing. I want to, I want us to go enjoy the game. I want us to to compete and, and bear down on chances, but I don't want it to be, you know, consuming 99% of your thought patterns right now. You know, we, we've all been here, we've all done it. And, you know, we're, we're just, uh, we're just struggling to, to, to push that pack past the line right now. But, uh, but I love, I love our energy. I love our work ethic. I love what we're creating. Um, it, it's, it's a weird feeling to, to lose a couple of games and, and wake up on a Monday and not be too, too upset. You know, you're, I'm frustrated for my players and, and, you know, I, I know we got a group that, you know, and, 50 games, 54 games. Where I think we're going to be where we want to be, and uh, with the group we have right now, so it's um, it, it's difficult, you know. And that's why I said to the three and three, we're going to play a lot of hockey in a short time, which mm-hmm. gives us a, a great opportunity to to work ourselves out of it against a, a very strong team. It's nice to hear a coach in in a, in what has become a very disposable society, especially with you know the goldfish bowl of of social media, where he's talking about what you can do different as a team. It's not a personnel thing. You know, you're happy with the personnel that you've recruited. It's just at the minute you've got to change things. It could be line changes. It could just be practice changes. Just implementing different things within your game to change and get those goals rather than going looking at personnel. Yeah, I think it's too... I think everybody grows a bit and, you know, with and gets more comfortable in their roles. And I think when you get there, it's you can look at the bigger picture. You know, you can take a step back and, and analyze the game and 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 look at it. I think it's it's just too easy and too lazy just to to come in hot headed and point fingers and you know because the game of hockey is a game of mistakes and it's a game of, of opportunity. You know, and, and you got to be opportunistic. And you know, when you you know we look at we look at a lot of areas where where guys pass up shots and, and ask the question why you know why why are we passing up shots are we in a, are we in a position to overpass are we in a position to to not take this to not take this opportunity you know and bear down and trying to get that through our guys head i mean you you got to shoot the puck to to score goals and you know we got to get into second and third chances and and get to the net and and you know we we did that we did that against Coventry and we just we just couldn't find a way past Phillips we did it against Glasgow uh, we couldn't find, you know, enough around Colleen. And, you know, all, all our games bar one, when you, you take away the empty nets, which we might be setting a record for empty net goals against, by the way. I, if there is ever a stat out there, I feel like we could be close to that right now. Because we're, I think, a, a goal a game right now that we've lost is empty net goal. You know, we're give, we're not giving up a whole lot defensively. And, 
And, and you know, like I said, I, I love my goalie Ginners. You know, he's our he's our number one star. He's the guy that gives us a chance, and he's given us a chance to win. And you know, we were lost by one shot uh, every game, but but one. And so it, it it's just a it, it's just a small tweak. It's just we just need that spark, and and that's what we're looking for. But we're trying to keep the we're trying to keep the boys uh, positive and confident, and you know we're not uh, we're not going down that. Uh, they always call it parades and funerals. Every time you win, you know it's a parade. Chef, we'll call it the Sheffield syndrome. <laughs> um, you know you have a parade when you win and a funeral when you lose. We're we're trying to just stay even keel and work our way out of it. And it's a long season, and you know you see the league now, and nobody's really running away with anything. You know the big boys are. Are dropping some games, and I think uh, I think the parity in the league is is probably again a lot closer than we anticipated even two three months ago. Even though we say that every every year, we never like to single out specific players. I'm going to ask you about a couple of players just on your on your list. You give us a few comments on Liam Ulmer, big signing coming in for you. Um, Gagnon on the back end of us, and of course coming in and a bit of a, a bit of relief. Sam Zajacker from from Leeds. Yeah. Um, yeah, Alms Alms is you know, I've kinda of known Alms for, for quite a quite a long time. Um and he was a guy years ago, I believe, when he was coming out of Italy and we we'd uh when he went to Cardiff from I think we had interest in him but we just I don't it was camera something happened, it didn't work out and then he ended up going to Cardiff and we he's he's close with uh Jody Lame and some buddies, some old buddies of mine that you know, I played with back in the day. So I always kinda of had a bit of ties back to him. And then when the opportunity came this year, we felt like we had a young group and, and Lane, you know, felt like he still had a lot more to give. And, you know, we brought him in and he's just, um, he's just, a, he's just, he's the perfect professional. He's, he's like, you know, he's a guy that there's a reason why he's only played in a couple teams his whole career is, you know, once he enters, he, he, he becomes such a big part of that group, uh, group from the coaching staff out. He's, he's a good leader. He's a, he's a, he's a guy's guy. He's a, he's a player's guy, you know, Works extremely hard uh, in practice. You know, he's just he's just he's just the guy that uh, any, any dressing room in the world I think would, would want. And and then on the ice, I think uh, he's he's got himself a bit maybe a bit bigger of a role than he's had the past two years in Cardiff. And and he's doing a great job for us. And you know, he's he's so good in front of the net. He's probably the best faceoff guy I've had in, in my coaching career. He's just, he's he's awesome on draws and kind of brings a lot of the little things that uh, that I think go unnoticed. Um, you know, for for the for the majority of the fan base, really, you really got to watch him to to appreciate what he what he does out there. And young Sam Zajac coming back in again. Yeah, we called family up there. We had um, Raymond Grill had to fly home. He had um, a bit of a family emergency that that luckily is uh, it seems to be okay, and he, he's on his way back uh, today. So. Uh, so we called Sammy up. Um, Sammy's a, he's just a great defenseman. I mean, he's he's a kid that could easily play in the elite league. Yeah. Uh, I had him in I had him in Glasgow, and uh, he was he was awesome there. And you know, and and we we got him up a few times late last season as well when we had some injury problems. And he uh, just plays a role. He can step in. He can give you good quality minutes. He can make plays under pressure. And you know, and I think you know he plays a bit more tentative here because he. You know, he's, he's just stepping into a brand new team for one night or two nights, and you know. But I think Sam is the kind of guy that if he actually had a role and played all season, he, he just gets better and better. He's he's uh, he's he's been an underrated defenseman for for years and years, and I'm happy that he's got that gig in Leeds, and uh, and I know he'll do a, he'll do a great job with that team. Let's take a wee step off the ice for a minute or two. Just how is the Manchester project working out for you? 
it's good. I mean, it's obviously, you know, it's a challenge like everything, but I think, um, I think, it, you know, it's like kind of a cursing and a blessing. We had that, that first season, which was, which was unbelievable, you know, and, you know, everything just kind of, just kind of clicked that, that one year. And, um, you know, it was always going to be hard to replicate that. Uh, we, we came away after that from the conference system and, and, um, you know, last year was, it was a bit of a struggle. Uh, I, I found last year was a frustrating, very frustrating year. Uh, I think we underperformed massively, um, you know, and then this year, obviously through, you know, we had 10 guys retire last year, but we, we've kind of gone through, we've only kept two, two, uh, sorry, three Ginner, Declan, Balmer and Dallas from last year's roster. So we've had a, a massive turnaround, uh, and we've gone younger and, you know, and, we got a lot of first year pros and we mixed in some good veterans and, you know, I think we're just going through some growing pains now, but, uh, but the, um, you know, the business is good and, and, the, and the fan base now, you know, I, the fan base are good. I think the fan base, there's an expectation for us to win, which is good. You know, it's obviously come over the last two years, especially at home. You know, we've had great records at home. So yeah, there, there's some pressure there, which is, uh, which is good. You know, it's, it's good that our, our fans expect us to win. I don't, you know, you wouldn't want to be a part of anything where they, except losing and and I don't I think we're past that now I think we're we're at a stage where where they want they want more um you know and it's up to us to deliver and you know but it's um it's it's a challenge it's it's always going to be a challenge hockey in Manchester is never going to be easy to to sell and you know you got the two arguably two of the biggest football teams in the world and and you got you know Salford Salford rugby and you, you got Sale sharks. I mean, it's just endless all the way to the cricket to sports I never even heard of that get five thousand people. So you're always uh, you're always up against uh, competition to get fans through the door. But um, you know we're working hard and doing our best and trying to grow. And you know I think that's all that's all we we knew that by you know getting into this uh, that would be our goal is just to to steady the ship. And I think I think we've done that here in our in our third year. And you know now the goal is to to get back up and climb the table and, and you know keep bringing in new fans and, and see where it takes us and that brings us nicely back to this weekend and your trip to Northern Ireland as you talked about earlier there um, obviously the game against Sheffield on Friday night to sort out first but um, I know hockey coaches and hockey players don't like to go beyond that but I don't really want to I'm not really interested in the Sheffield game um, as far as the trip to Belfast goes Let's imagine the game against Sheffield's out of the way, and you've travelled over Northern Ireland. What's the plan for the weekend? Yeah, I think we we I always I always like to fly in that Saturday, just on enough time to 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 go to the game. So I think we land right right after four, and um, you know, so we'll get there in, in five o'clock, which is normal time, and and uh, and then settle into the hotel after for for the Sunday game. But um, yeah, I think you know, like when, once we get to Belfast, it's, it's kind of one game at a time, and. You know, uh, been a part of the been a part of the doubleheader there now for quite a few years. It seems that we seem to play back to back. So, um, you know, try to prepare the guys for for what's to come. I know we we saw Belfast here, but we also saw Belfast here minus quite a few players, and we know that they're going to come with a a different game. And you know, being on the big ice um, will make things a bit more difficult. But you know, saying that, I said I think the hardest game we had was against Belfast here so can far. I, can I apologize for jumping across you there, coach? Let's talk about the big ice versus the little ice. You know, slightly more than half the league has the 200 foot, has the Olympic ice pass. How difficult is it for your team to chop and change from playing? It's a different game. Let's let's it's the same game. It's hockey, but um, it's a slightly different game at home than it is away. 
It's um, the, the, in all honesty, it's it, it depends how it depends how your team skates. If your team doesn't skate well, it's a huge, huge difference. Um, and then early in the season, uh, conditioning is is actually a bit of a factor because you can't replicate. It's very difficult to replicate that extra mileage that you're going to do on the ice, you know, on our rink or in the gym. Um, that was one thing, and that was one thing I found. I remember way back when I played in Cardiff, and uh, then we went to Nottingham, and I remember thinking, like, uh, you know, I was a sprinter, and now they're making me run marathons. Like, you know, this isn't this isn't translating. And I remember being so fatigued and tired until until I got that until I got that level up. And it sounds weird at this at this stage, and it is. It isn't that guys are out of shape. It's just a. It is. It is more ice, right? You're dealing with more ice here. You're. You, you got more ice to, to, to get the pucks and get back the pucks. And, you know, compared to the small rink where you train every day, you know, you're, you're, you're going an extra, an extra five, four, five, six meters in areas, you know, to, to get the pucks. And, and it does, it does, um, it does take a toll. And, you know, I think we're, we're a pretty well conditioned team right now. And, you know, that hasn't, uh, I didn't notice that being a, a huge factor in the small amount of games we have played away from home. But uh, I do remember, and I do remember a lot of guys. I remember Rose Hill couldn't get off the ice one time. He was on the long change in Nottingham. <laughs> he was a well-conditioned guy, and he couldn't. He stuck out. He got stuck out for about two or three shifts because he couldn't. He couldn't get across the ice to get a change. And he's dying on the bench, and he just said, "Like this is unbelievable how how much difficult, <laughs> how much different it is to get off." Um, but um, but yeah, no, I think. Uh, you know, I think it's a fair. Uh, you know, it, it, it equals out. We got to go on the road as many times as we're at home, and teams got to come in and play us on in, in our little ranks. We do have that advantage. You know, it's it's a lot. It's a, it's difficult for teams to come off the big ranks and adjust to the little. Um, so it, it kind of balances it out. But there is definitely a, a an adjustment, and especially early in the season, uh, you feel it. Are you stand over in Sunday night? Are you going to let the boys crack a few after the game? Oh, Sunday. I'll let him go Sunday if we have a good weekend. Yeah, we'll let him go experience uh, uh, that great city and, you know, and do a little team bonding there. Don't get too many opportunities uh, in this league to um, to get out. So we'll definitely let him have uh, let him have Sunday there and um, go for dinner after the game and let him uh, let him enjoy that city. It, uh, it's a fantastic city. I mean, it's one of my favorites and spent uh actually gone there on vacation actually with my wife a couple times we toured around there in the off season so enjoy enjoy our time over there for sure well coach we hope you enjoy the uh the good old northern iron hospitality on sunday night but unfortunately that's all that i can can hope for you is and uh we'll look forward to catching up with you next time one of you from the bridge that's all that's all you're giving us eh that's all i want to give you who knows what to get (laughs) all right man we'll see you uh we'll see you on the weekend Great interview. Thanks very much to Finner for that. Um says we're looking for a dom- we're looking for a domestic bounce back. Absolutely. Uh again we we already touched on the uh the travel schedule this this week and Manchester are playing on Friday night as well. So they have a they have a three and three, which is always going to be tough. Again they're are they playing Sheffield, you say? Sheffield in the Challenge Cup. So, you know, it'll it'll be a tough game for them and um, where are they sitting in the Challenge Cup? Do they need to win to go through, or what, what's the situation they, for that as well? This is, I'm not even going to, I don't really want to go into it because it's one of those play in jobs, isn't it? Because there's only three teams in their cup group. Uh, where do they sit? They're bottom. They're two points from three games, one win, 
Um, they are three points behind Nottingham and uh, six points behind Sheffield. Well, they might, I don't know who, know who their backup is this year, but they might start. Um, you know, if they don't think they're going to go through, then uh, they're kind of going to concentrate in their league form because they're I'm pretty sure they're sitting bottom of the table in the league as well. Um, so it has been a great start for Finner and um, and his team. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how they how they come out uh, Friday night and then obviously Saturday night. But we'll be concentrating, we'll be ready to go at them. We'll have the boys uh, right up for it because you know it's important to to uh, you know start a run of form because. I've already said we've lost five in a row here, so it's important to try and get um, that first win under it belt again, and, and and obviously you know try and push on and go for five, six, seven games in a row with with uh, five, six, seven wins. Uh, the Manchester's record in the Elite League seven played one five one and zero. Oh, the uh, overtime win coming against the Belfast Giants in Altrincham uh, in the Challenge Cup. They've played three, as I said, they have one win and two defeats. Uh, Davy, good chat with Finner there. Yeah, it was. I was kind of him to take a bit of time out of his day to, to talk to his favorite podcast, um, you know, friend of the show and all. But um, yeah, I think he he, he kind of said during the interview, you know, he's coming against some of the same problems that he, he sees in Belfast. You know, they're creating lots. He's not he's not worried about them not creating. He's he's happy with Jenner and Nets, so that they're they're pretty tight at the back end. Just if they can get that monkey off their back and get a few goals, I think um, our heart's going to be a big miss for them. Um, big player for them, eats a lot of minutes, so um, he's obviously going to miss in Sheffield, which isn't like. Am I right in saying that they they get a, a playoff in that group no matter what? Uh, yeah, they're part of groups, it, isn't it? It's it's. it's well, I'll have to look up the. the Aye, so there's a group again, of four which we are in, and there's two groups of three. Correct, and the and the two. So the top three in our group go through the top two, two and then the other two groups, and then the third place team. Yeah. So you could literally lose every game and win the playoff and go through. So they're sure. they're, they're, they're not out of the Challenge Cup yet. So, you know, they'll want to try and play themselves in a bit of form with, with an eye to, you know, two league games on on Saturday and Sunday. And he, he says he's, he's going to let the boys go out and sell, not celebrate, but experience Belfast. A lot of the boys the first time in, in Northern Ireland. And uh, he's, he's going to let them have a wee bit of time off and a bit of R&R and a mail out on Sunday night after the hopefully two losses for them to lick their wounds. Uh, those games, as I said, Saturday and Sunday, Saturday 7pm, Sunday 4pm, both in the league. If you can't get yourself down to the SSE Arena, you can join Mr. Kitchen back behind the mic with Belfast Giants TV. Um, any other business, boys? I'm going to start with one One I should have mentioned a, a couple of weeks ago, but a guy got in touch with us, one of the listeners, called Michael Regan. Um he was uh, on the back of one of the articles he read on Kingdom of the Giants in regards to mental health uh, that Chris Love had written. He wanted to let us know that he was using, doing an event on the 5th of October, which was uh, running for 24 hours from uh, from uh, Crumlin Road Jail. don't know whether he's breaking out or not. I think it was part of it, that you break out of Crumlin Road Jail and then you go on the run for 24 hours. It, it was in behalf of the Steps Mental Health charity and he sent us an email 
this week as well, just to say that he uh, that he had completed his goal. Um, he ended up running so, 103.5 miles in 24 hours, visiting seven God. counties, two provinces, and it later turned out he'd won the overall event as a solo first place. All um, right, so the, the the challenge was to run as far as you can, not just not to get caught, because it's going to save you. They just turned right and went up in the door and they never looked down. <laughs> Yes, mate. It's uh, it was basically to run as far as you can over the space of twenty four hours, and Michael was able to cover a hundred and three point five miles. Unbelievable! In twenty, in yeah, for a play to him. You get a yes off catchy there. Yeah! Are you kidding me, Simon? Yeah, uh, he. We're going to stick a, the details of his. Um, just giving sight up for that. I think if people want to give him a bit of support, it's an unbelievable achievement from him and on behalf of the Steps Mental Health Charity. Congratulations, Michael. That's absolutely phenomenal. Um, gentlemen, I, have I, to get a I can't imagine Michael without saying a little Liam as well. Oh, of course. Oh, Real good kid. Of course. Uh, any other business, boys? I don't have anything this week, mate. No? No, mate. I've got nothing on my agenda this week. All right, then, on that note, uh, a big thank you to Adam Keith and to Ryan Finnerty. Those games, as I said, this weekend, Belfast Giants back at home in domestic action in the Elite League against the Manchester Storm, Saturday, 7 p.m., Sunday, 4 p.m. Get yourself down to the SSE Arena or join Mr. Kitchen on Belfast Giants TV. You can keep in touch with us at AVFTB on Twitter, Facebook, uh, kingdomofthegiants.com soundcloud.com forward slash AVFTB for all of our post games and podcasts and interviews and the likes of that um, Mr. Kitchen, Mr. Majemsi, thank you very much as always Welcome Thanks gents And wherever you are this weekend, we hope you enjoy your hockey We'll catch you here next time on A View From The Bridge the